Shepard. Glad you came. What'd you have in mind? Something that doesn't involve fighting Reapers. I don't think they've conquered the bar yet. I already scoped it out. But then I thought, if this was my last day alive, I'd actually like to remember it. So? So, I had an idea. Where are we going? Somewhere we're not supposed to. <laughs> Some things never change, do they? Ever have that one thing you always wanted to do before you died, Shepard? Too busy trying to live. What's yours? The whole time I worked at CSEC, I'd stare up at the top of the Presidium and say to myself, I want to go up there. But I never did. There were 137 regulations telling me I couldn't. So you got them changed? No. Now I just don't give a damn. Welcome to episode 48 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. Before we get started, I just wanted to make a special announcement. Our bonus episode about Persona 5 is in the feed. So if you're interested in all of our thoughts, spoilers abound in that episode. Listen, it is in the feed. Check it out. I was hoping you got me a present or something. For what? Oh, you said you had a special announcement. I was hoping it was like a present for me or something. The present is an extra episode of the podcast. I don't know what goes on in his mind. So, you know, Nick starts these podcasts and I'm just kind of along for the ride with all the listeners. So I got excited for a half a second, but you should all be excited because it's a good episode. Yes, it is. And who is that talking? Well, that's the Garris to my shepherd, John. I'm your host, Nick. And again, this is PlayStation Pals. So we're going to kick things off with some disappointing news. I got two things. Mm. First one is MTV Awards came and (laughs) went, and Anna Torv did not win Best Kiss for The Last of Us. This award show's horseshit. Yeah, uh, this is. I just. I don't even. I can't even. I can't even move on. I mean, that's. Yeah, you know, (laughs) the Emmys don't matter. This is all that mattered. (laughs) But. In I should man I should have been, I got good news and I got bad news. Yeah. <laughs> bad news is Last of Us didn't win for best kiss, but it did win best show, best duo, and best hero. Pedro won best hero. Bella and Pedro won best duo. So they love each other so much. It's insane. <laughs> like every time I see them, either like talk about anything with the show. Um, you know, neither of them were at the award show themselves, but they both, I saw videos of like acceptance speeches and they're just gushing about each other. And, and you know, it's funny when people who like each other work together, you get good products. It's weird, you know. Well, Pedro is America's dad. And he is. Now he's, he's Bella's uh, stepdad. So that's why they have a good relationship. And then the second disappointing news is I got to take John to task. Oh, God, what? <laughs> John, what? you've been neglecting something. The show again? No, no, okay. some, something else now. This is possibly even worse. My children. No. <laughs> uh, your PlayStation Stars showcase, uh, you're not putting collectibles in there. <laughs> <laughs> I went to check yours out, and I was like, wow, is, does he even care? This is, like, a- is he even a PlayStation pal? There is nothing in there. Yep. I, just, I, was just, I, was just, I was just a guess. I was like, oh. <gasps> 
Uh, I have a telescope in a bonsai tree, <laughs> Nick. Wow. Okay, wow. Yeah? Yeah. Can you pull up mine while you're at it? I don't know how. Uh, <laughs> you just have to find my profile. Let's see. Because let's I, I just wanted you to see what an excellently curated... Well, this should be an exact... <laughs> okay, we got a floating astronaut. was pretty good. BD-1, pretty good. Secret Agent Clank, pretty good. Yeah. It's uh -huh. pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think this is just a perfect example of, like, you know, I don't care about... Like, like, what? Like, uh, what? Cosmetics and, like, you know, playing Star Wars and, like, oh, you can get a different color lightsaber. It's like, does it do anything stats different? No. Okay. I'm going to create my character. Nah, let's just go with the stock guy. That's, that's just, I think that's a pretty good representation <laughs> of, of the, because I'm, I'm on stars for the, the points, baby. I got $5 off of a game we're going to talk about later. That's why I'm there. Sure. Real world, I guess. real world currency. I guess. Now, I'm I will say, I am, I, I do, I do want to want to get that uh, Shuhei Yoshida, uh, little Shuhei <laughs> oh, Yoshida to okay, put there. Okay, uh, okay, okay. So. Enemy of the show Jake is playing Hades right now. Ugh, <laughs> God. Yeah, it's horrible. Not, game. Game's not even good. <laughs> but uh, you know, get on top of that. All right, all come right, on. You're, all right. you're representing the show. Let's, you're right. You're right. I don't want any fans up? coming in to check out my trophies and then you know be. So see how many awesome platinums I have and then you know be disappointed <laughs> shortly after. So. I'll do it for you, bud. All right. Okay. How do I better? Even... Oh, you so wait, wait, wait. Do you have more things to look at? I'm looking now. You can click on your show or yeah, your, your case, yeah. and there's my more case than... is full, buddy. Let's see. I'm going to. <laughs> no, I gotta go back. No, I, only the top three are the ones that really matter. Everything else is just freebie stuff that you get for checking in. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of Astrobot. Not that that's a bad thing. Yeah. Well, you get an Astrobot one for every level you go up in PlayStation Stars. So. Oh. Yeah, he is their de facto mascot right now, so that makes sense. But. Yeah. So. All right, I'll be better. I'll do better. You better. You better for the show. Uh, you know. white platinums don't mean anything. No, I guess. no. Well, like you said, you. Oh, look at this guy's platinums. Oh, what? What's this showcase? <laughs> well, nothing in there. I'm a very Does shallow. Does he even care about PlayStation? I'm a shallow person, Nick. <laughs> All right, and then one small news item: Street Fighter Six. The upcoming Capcom release that is coming June 2nd. It is getting an open beta May 19th, which you'll be able to play against other people. Uh, there will be eight fighters available, and uh, we plan on checking that out. And it's not quite Johnny on the Spot segment time yet. We'll do that next week, but okay. expect a Johnny on the Spot segment. Okay. So there's nothing, there's just, just, I have to prepare myself. Yeah, prepare okay. for next weekend that we have to make time to fight each other. Okay. <laughs> we can do that. Street Fighter 6. We'll do so, that. Uh, I mean, this current weekend is the server slam for Diablo 4, but again, uh, we're not going to play that, so. Not for a while, at least. Yeah. Like I said, I, when that game's $20, I don't think I'll be able to resist, but. Um, yeah, we'll see what it reviews, and if you can resist then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know me see too. How, we'll see how long that Tears of the Kingdom yeah. <laughs> that game's not even supposed to be good, dude. It's not even supposed to be good. Waste yes, of time. As we were talking about it, it's only sitting at a 97 on Open Critic, so, you know, just probably, I mean, without a doubt, game of the year already. It, it's hilarious, though, because, you know, the game gets a 97, which is unheard of. You know, Elden Ring even got, what, a 95 when it all settled, yeah. I think. But it's like just the fact that that's kind of what we all expected, at least me. Like, I drafted that game in our fantasy league. Obviously, why wouldn't you if you had the first pick? But it's like, yeah, okay, that's what we expect. Good job. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's going to blow me away. But, like, just like if, if an unknown game comes out and gets a 97, you'd be like, stop the fucking presses. <laughs> oh my, what is this? But it's like, yeah, it's all, you know, yeah. sequel to Breath of the Wild. Of course, it's yeah. going to be 97. So, but yeah, it's, I'm sure it's. 
gonna gonna take over my life whenever I get to it. It's funny because there is like Sony first party, like you know, like uh, Prestige, mm-hmm. and then there's Nintendo Prestige yeah. above that, and it's somehow with how good but Sony first party studios are, somehow Nintendo is just a cut above. With, especially with but it's Zelda just, and it's Mario just those Brothers. Two. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like it's just those two. It's it's interesting because you know they always talk about the three pillars of Nintendo, and it's Zelda, Mario, and then Pokemon. Pokemon's there because it just can't be stopped. It doesn't mm-hmm. quality doesn't really matter. But yeah, those two franchises specifically, you could maybe throw Super Smash Brothers in there if you wanted to. But I, who knows what the future of that franchise is? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're just. The two most popular video game characters of all time earn their fucking spot, I guess, is kind of what you can say about that. Yes, they do. And and the length of quality. 35 years each. It's just like insanity. Yep. Premier franchises. All right. So let's get into the show. It is another packed show, and I'm sure you're all eager to get to our PlayStation Pals favorite games of all time. So this is how the show works. John and I both bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com. If you listen to the show, please email in. We're asking. We want to know who's out there, who's listening, who's enjoying the show, who's hating the show. Mm-hmm. I will happily take any critique emails. And yeah. uh, also follow us on Twitter at PSPalsPod. Uh, go there for any updates on this show. Uh, we, I like to retweet a lot of things that we're going to talk about on the show there, so follow us there. Yeah, please do, guys. I mean, like, you know, we would love to engage in the community. Engaging in the community allows us to maybe have some different ideas, things that we can do, and, you know, get people involved in the show in, in any which way. So, you know, we know we're still a grassroots kind of operation here. You know, we have, uh, you know, some small fans and that, people that we know and, and enjoy. But, like, seriously, if, if you're out there, if you you know, are uh, in the United States, if you're in fucking Egypt, if you're in wherever, it doesn't matter. Like, just let us know you're there. Let us know that you're listening and, and we'd love to say hi, you know. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'd love to interact with you, share our PSN accounts, whatever the case. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, just want to wanna give you guys as much as, as, you know, as you'd like. Yep, so. yep, of course. All right, so I'm going to bring the first thing. This actually happened while we were recording uh, last week is that Sony shut down one of their first party studios. And that studio is Pixel Opus. If you're listening to this, you're probably not even aware of what <laughs> games they've done. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a very long track record. But uh, this studio was formed all the way back in July of 2013, in which uh, Sony basically offered six students from a development program at Carnegie Mellon University and San Jose State University and then had two industry veterans lead them. And so this was just a nine-man team, and they formed Pixel Opus. Damn, nine people. Nine <laughs> people, and they want, Sony wants to buy you. <laughs> awesome. And so Pixel Opus only has two released games. Uh, the first one was 2014's Entwined. Now, have you played this one, John? Uh, I, I believe it was a PlayStation Plus game, so I think it was one of those download it and go, nah, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very it's very artsy. Like that that was kind of their shtick, right? It's, yes. It's, it's yes. Smaller titles, not your big AAA productions. Yes, and then their most recent release was 2019's Concrete Genie. 
Uh, I was able to play this again. It was a free game, I believe. It was a PlayStation Plus essential game at some point. I added it, I played it, and I platinumed it. Mm -hmm. And while it was not a perfect game, it's kind of an action adventurer with a paintbrush theme in which you can paint the walls to complete puzzles and platforming, and you can kind of get creative with how you do that. Uh, You can create weird monsters, and then they come to life, and they interact with you in the environment. Uh, Very, very... Uh, cool idea. The execution wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. It didn't review very well. I think it is in the mid to high 70s. Yeah, I'm looking at and Entwined has this head of 67 and Concrete Genie. 77. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, they weren't, they weren't, you know, setting the world on fire, but I do appreciate, you know, like I said, I thought Concrete Genie was a very good, uh, was a good game, just, you know, just kind of didn't hit the mark and um, I don't know. I, there's not really much to say. It was a small studio doing small games. It's not. I don't think a lot of people are going to be upset, you know, I, about this. But it, but they're they're no longer around. It's kind of with like Japan Studio of just another another group that's just just gone. As Sony keeps focusing on their their big first party titles. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you were to to um, tell me to bet on a studio that would have been the next one to shut down. It, it would have been them. And that's not a slight two-pixel opus. It's just, I don't think there's much room in Sony's portfolio right now for a team like this. I mean, they've talked ad nauseum about how they're really trying to shift into this live service space, um, you know, and then have that run alongside these big AAA God of War Horizon, you know, huge tentpole games. And a team of nine is probably just not gonna cut it. So, you know, it's sad, but at the same time, it's probably best to just use your resources at Sony for the products that you know we all mostly want to play, and hopefully the people that were at the studio could find work, um, you know, at a different place. You know, mm-hmm. San Mateo, California. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure exactly where that is in the state, but you know, you got development teams in San Francisco, you got development teams in Los Angeles. Um, so you know, not too much of a leap for any of those people um, if there's a spot for them. But uh, yeah, you know, it's a uh, it's a sad day, but it's also not unexpected, and I don't. Again, no disrespect to the team. I don't think we're going to be missing too much. No, with it, not at all. With it gone, not so not like Japan Studios for me hurt hurt a little bit more, yeah. you know, than this one did. But yeah, all right, Pixel Opus. Hmm. So let's move on to the next topic about another Sony first party studio, and that is Guerrilla Games. Guerrilla Games is celebrating its 20 year anniversary, and this came from the PlayStation blog that announced it. You know, Guerrilla Games. They, you know, they're located in the Amsterdam in the Nether- uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, Four hundred plus. Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're a huge studio, four hundred plus employees. Sony purchased them all the way back in two thousand and five. And if you're not familiar with what games they do, it's pretty much two franchises: Killzone and Metal Gear Ra- Solid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Horizon. So those are the two franchises they are in. Obviously, they have not worked on Killzone since Killzone Shadowfall, the PS4 launch game, and ever since has been Horizon, Horizon, Horizon. You know, all signs point to Horizon, a third game, main game in the franchise. So this is all that they've been working on. Uh, John, I'm going to ask you, what are the Metacritic scores of the Killzone games? Ooh. What is Killzone 1? Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. PS2 so, game. So in all fairness, I've never played them except for a little bit of Shadowfall. So uh, got that going for me. I'm going to say the first one was a 78. 70. 
70, ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. Killzone 2. Killzone 2, that was supposed to be the good one. That was the one that people were trying to really think could combat Halo on the PlayStation side, so I'm going to say it's a little better. <laughs> 81. 91. What? <laughs> 91? Okay. Uh, I don't know how that game got that. It, it was a technical, it was very, like, a technical showpiece for yeah. the PlayStation 3. I bought this game at launch. I don't know how this got it. I, I think this game really benefited from the era that it was released. Yes. This was the multiplayer is blowing up phase. It's mm-hmm. going to kill single player. Nobody cares about single player experiences anymore. And from what I've heard, this one at least was pretty, you know, it, it, it did what it set out to do. It <laughs> ran okay on multiplayer, which in that era was kind of, you know, a big thing in and of itself. So uh, I wonder if well, it has a little bit to do with just, mm-hmm. you know, hey, it's it's pushing the industry forward you know it's doing what we what we want first person shooters are so hot right now yeah and uh well, yeah after that they just kept going down Killzone 3 got an 84 i think shadow falls like a 74 73 73 so you know the franchise just kept getting worse and and i think john and i are in an agreement like there's so many there are few very few franchises that i don't want sony to ever touch again this is probably number one on the list of franchises that just let it die. <laughs> yeah. I can't even think of one redeeming thing about this franchise. No, I, I, I've heard different pundits and people in the industry who are like kind of clamoring for Gorilla to get back to it. And, and I, I got to say, I agree with you, Nick. And I think Sony has that stance as well. It seems like they've put a lot of resources into Deviation Games, which is this team of former um, Call of Duty veterans and things like that who are supposedly working on a new first-person shooter for, for Sony. Killzone, got- Killzone 5. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but you got to imagine it's probably one of those first or those uh, live service games, and so I think that they're trying. To, you're going to try and you know invade the first person shooter space there, but um, so you don't think there's any room for them to use an existing IP to make a live service game? No, I, I like do, Killzone. but I don't know if they would attach a brand new team who's never released a game with an existing franchise from one of their first party teams. It would make mm-hmm. more sense to me to let that team who is trying to find their own identity find their own identity and not just use something in the past. I I think it's totally, totally possible that a couple of those live service games, Last of Us Factions included, so I think that's, Mm -hmm. you know, proof right there. Twisted Metal is probably another one if that comes to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I think, um, do you have sales figures for Horizon? <laughs> uh, no, but okay. I remember what we talked about. Right. So, you know, I think with the success of that, the obvious yeah. push for a show, the push for an MMO, the push for live service, like they want Gorilla tackling that franchise at full force. And um, I think that's what they'll be spending a lot of their time going forward. Yeah. So, yeah. And then they, they're obviously currently most famous for Horizon. You know, they announced that it sold, I think it was 33 million copies across mm-hmm. uh, the, all the games that are out, uh, Call of the Mountain, Zero Dawn, and Forbidden West. So uh, the franchise is doing very good. Those are, as we talked about on the show, they're open world perfection. You know, the writing could be better, but there's so much good about that, those games, including the environments, the, the, the enemy AI, and everything like that, that, uh, you know, it's it, it's impressive. Gorilla... I know Gorilla Games, when we, I don't even think they were in our top five each, for each of us when we did our top five. Uh, it might have been like Sony four or five, maybe, but I don't, I'm not, yeah, not really. It, yeah, they're a very interesting <laughs> studio because I think 
With the exception of Naughty Dog, I would think Sony kind of views them as their most important team. Not necessarily from the games that they produce, but they're the creators of the Decima engine, which seemingly seems to have cracked the code for open world beautifulness and running smoothly because we just saw the release of Redfall, you know, at 30 frames a second with a pretty bland looking open world. And then you got, you know, Gorilla over here doing what they do with that team. Um, so I think they're important for that reason. You know, Herman Holst used to be the lead at Gorilla. Now he's in charge of Sony Worldwide Suit, or you know, basically in charge of first party. I believe they just promoted another person that was the head of the studio who replaced Herman into another position at Sony Interactive themselves. So they kind of view this team as, I think, an incubation area of like just business side talent that you know um, is is hard to hard to get right sometimes, as we can kind of see from the other side of the aisle. Um, but yeah, it's it's Horizon is great, but it's never at the tippy top for me, and no. um, you know, that's no fault of its own. It's just you know not my style of game over some other types of games. No, well, yeah, like we said, you know, it's Sony first party studios that it's got to compete against the Sony Santa Monica's, the Insomniacs, the Naughty Dogs. It's like, well. You're really good, but they're really, really good. And then these Nintendo guys are really, 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 really good. So, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> you know, like they're in a great spot, you know. Horizon Zero Dawn, 89, Forbidden West, 88. Like, yeah. what studios wouldn't kill for that, you know? And yep. then just to be the one of the flagship franchises for an entire console, you know. Yeah. You know, generation after generation after generation, you know. Sony has relied on them so much. You know, almost as much as Insomniac, so. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see, you know, the un, unannounced, you know, MMO and um, live service game coming out, a Horizon 3 coming out, and then we'll see Gorilla go into something else. Yeah. That would probably be my, my guess. Unless if, you know, they're just like, nah, keep keep pumping out Horizon, you know, we're going to go <laughs> to the moon now or something. But Yeah. I think, like, it's and it's interesting, too, I think Horizon has a good amount of opportunity to have cross genres like you know you think about something like monster hunter right monster hunter is a huge 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 franchise and if they figured out a way to kind of have a monster hunter style game with these robot dinosaurs like you know you could bleed into that genre pretty well obviously oh, that's they, exactly what the online game is going to be yeah probably <laughs> you know so like there, there's so there's opportunity there to to have like a horizon universe um, yeah which i'm not the biggest fan of but i can understand yeah. why you would do that um, do that as a business decision. Yeah, but I think that's just unique to us. I mean, we're not big Monster Hunter guys either, but but we know Monster Hunter, you know. Oh, I'm just, saw, I'm just kind of talking about for me. Like, I don't really like universes. Like, oh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just a me thing. I, 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 I lament the era that we live in where things can't die. It's just we find something that works, we find something that's successful, and we well, run it into the ground. John will say this, and then we'll see how his factions turns out. And the factions is one of those. But games. even factions, Nick. I mean, we'll we've see. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. We've we'll two see. games in the past ten years. <laughs> That's different. We'll see how you feel yeah. about factions. Yeah. The factions is could could. Sometimes it's all. It just takes the right nut to crack. You know. It like, does. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is it. This is what I'm absorbed in. You know, this is what I want to consume all my time with. I don't care if it's live service and it's grindy. Yeah. You know, yeah, this is it. I love this this game, this year. We'll so. see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, congratulations to Gorilla. Obviously, they're they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So, we'll be 
excited. I, I think they're going to be a little quiet for a little bit. I don't think we expect them to be at this upcoming rumored Sony showcase. No, not all. with Burning Shores just coming out. That uh, So we'll be silent on their front, but yeah, we'll always be excited in what they're working on, of course. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do with Call of the Mountain. Like, I wonder if like they're, you know, hey, we're going to keep trying at VR or if... Yeah, I don't know. That's one of the most curious things I am about, like, the showcase is how much VR2 is there and does Sony truly care or not. Yeah. You know, we'll, but we'll see. That's true. They if they show, they could show up for another VR project. That's they could, sure. but, you know, it's just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. So. All right. Moving on. All right, folks. We got some, we got some ranking to do, Nick. Uh, we have done 50 through 31 of the PlayStation Pals top 50 favorite games. And so to try and time this up with our 50th episode, you know, we want to get to number one on that, but Sony might have other plans. We <laughs> shall see. I'm surprised we didn't start the podcast with a DEFCON level, Nick. Um, but... Tonight we, today we want to go through 30 through 21, um, and so it's going to be the same style. Nick and I will just go back and forth and kind of talk a little bit about them, and we'll keep this show rolling. So, starting with number 30, Nick, do you want to get us kicked off? I do. Number 30 is the PlayStation Classic Shadow of the Colossus that came out for PlayStation 2 all the way back in 2005 from Team Eco, who no longer exists anymore, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is probably one of the most seminal games out there, easily considered one of the greatest games of all time. And I, and I think it just is the, it's just such a like desolate world with the most craziest bosses you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah. Like I still to this day remember the first boss because it was just like, what? I got to take that down? <laughs> <What>? like, <laughs> you know, and I know like we live in the, now we live in the days of the souls born and big bosses are just towering over you is just nothing to us now but yeah. back in the day games just didn't do that and i think the the combination between a desolate world outside of a few birds here and there and then just giant colossuses and just colossi uh, nick colossi <laughs> and i and also a great use of music like uh, when you got on the beast, the music would change and it, it would pick up the pace and be more exhilarating. And I think that was that was just the nice little flourish on the overall package that is Shadow of the Colossus. John, yeah. what are your thoughts? Did you first? Did you play only the original, or did you play the remake at all? The original. You played the original. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah, because I've only played the remake. I never, I didn't play the original back in the day. One of the cool things about that though is it's one of the most one for one remakes out there. So like you pretty much know what you're getting either way, but. Um, yeah, this this game basically was so special, I think, because it was so risky and broke the mold from what we just kind of expected from big budget games. Like, mm-hmm. and this was during the time where, you know, Halo was getting, you know, kind of going. We were looking at big action adventure, lots of explosions and shooty shoots and things like that. Mm-hmm. And this kind of decided to go the other direction and it, it exceeded exceptionally well. I think when you kind of break this game down, like you said, it's basically a boss rush game. The, mm-hmm. the only enemies that you're that you're fighting are these colossi, but they're all each incredibly unique. You know, you, you fight the first one, and it's it's the standard, you know, humanoid-looking guy. But you're gonna you're gonna be in the air flying around. You're gonna be having to kind of figure out these small puzzles and ways to get this uh, colossi to flip on its back so you can get its belly, which is where its weak point is, because each of these colossi will have a different weak spot, weak spot that you gotta like basically plunge a sword into. Um, 
But, you know, all of that aside, I think it just did so many small things well, too. I love the navigation system. I'm a sucker for unique ways to do that, much like Ghost of Tsushima, where you kind of just point your – you just hold your sword up and it shines a light in the direction you got to go. Um, that was always cool because you're kind of like, where am I, where am I, where am I? There it is. Like, and you see it off in the distance, and that was always a cool feeling. But um, another big thing about this game, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't played this and you want to, but the way that the story kind of presents itself. You're this guy who just woke up don't really know what's going on you hear a disembodied voice telling you to go beat these big monsters again spoiler alert if you care you get to the end of the game you're the fucking bad guy right this guy is basically some nefarious demonic spirit dude who's like trying to get these colossi out of the way you help him and then like you know it just kind of like you know, oh fuck what did i just do <laughs> you know you realize that you they were kind of the the you know, what's the word for not mean? <laughs> nice beasts. <laughs> they were they were just kind of there, just doing their own thing, and you came in and, and fucked their world up. So, um, you know, kind of flipped it on its head, but uh, you know, truly unique game. I think that's kind of a theme we've we've realized on the show, or at least I have. Is is I I gravitate to unique scenarios, neon whites, and things like that. And this was one of those early examples of that. So, yeah. shout out Colossus, shout out. Right. Speaking of. <laughs> the next game, number 29. Don't have to dive too deep into this since it's been a very prevalent uh, game on our show. And I'm shocked, honestly, Nick, uh, that it's as high as it is. But I think it's properly placed, and that's Neon White um, by Angel Matrix. Came out last year. Uh, don't need to say anymore. Just got the platinum. It's truly unique, truly special. Everything it executes on, it executes perfectly, with maybe the exception of the story a little bit, but that's not why we're here. Um, love, love, love this game. Nick, I really hope you get back to it um, <laughs> at some point because I do think, like, I do think it's not it's not that you haven't seen the entire game. You've seen 90% of it, but, like, that last level, that last mission is really, really special, and then just doing like trying to do at least like the colored runs of like flawlessly it's just it's just a good time so hope you get back to it one day but <laughs> thought pusher yeah <laughs> any thoughts any extra thoughts on the white nick no it's just like you said i cannot emphasize uniqueness and that is why it's on the list there will not be another game on this list like this game and i just really want to emphasize that and just don't let the videos fool you don't let anything you know just just you have to play you have to experience it for yourself and just enjoy those tight controls, the addictive levels, and the the cool mechanics of the card system that are just it's just great. It's yeah. a it's a great game. So. Super super fun. All right. So while everyone is putting all this pressure on Bethesda's next game, <laughs> Starfield, we're gonna look back at its magnum opus, and that was the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. This is on every console imaginable. Phones, whatever, you know, what the running joke is. Baby you know, monitors. Yeah. <laughs> this came all the way back out on a November 11, 2011, 11, 11, 11, and really set the world on fire. Uh, not only did it have a great soundtrack, but to get lost in the the Nords and the, the area and the mountains and the underground Dorvan uh, temples and whatnot and just... What everything that could happen happens in this game, and I don't think very many people completed the main quest because they just got let go. And, Me, yeah, there you go. <laughs> just got lost in the world, and um, yeah, it's just it's a first-person RPG that just kind of yeah, again, let let you loose in this world, and just at the time, there's not much like it. It's just it was just incredible. Like everything you saw, you could reach. You know that like we were talking about with Jedi Survivor, and and. 
Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring is like this game did that too. You know, you you were just let go, and anywhere you looked around you, you could go, and weird things happened along the way. So. Yeah, Bethesda had open worlds by the balls <laughs> with with during this time period. You know, it, they were the undisputed champions of open world adventure. Go do whatever you want, and uh, you know, I, I weirdly enough, I'm probably a very unique case of somebody who's beaten Oblivion but never beat Skyrim. And if time was infinite and I had all the time in the world, I would love nothing more than to go back and, and try and get through this whole game. But it's simply too big and time's too precious now to go back. But um, yeah, if, if you've played a Bethesda game, you kind of know how they operate, and um, it's just very, very impressive. Maybe not on a technical level, because they are known for their <laughs> bugs, but what they are able to put together in the worlds that they're able to create and build, you know, um, uh, Skyrim is one of the greats, man, and, you know, now that I'm, I'm looking at our list, did we have Fallout 3 earlier? No, we did not have fall at all on the list. Mm, that might have been a mistake, but <laughs> we'll uh, worry about that later. But you know, you know, whether it's Skyrim, whether it's Fallout, whether it's Oblivion, like these games have the ability to just get people invested and lost. And you know, uh, despite some of the negatives that we talk about with Xbox, like we, I truly hope Starfield is able to recapture that. I just don't know if Bethesda has advanced enough in the time period since then to really have that same feeling of having open worlds by the balls because CD Projekt Red has kind of come out and dunked on them a little bit and uh, they got a lot to prove, a lot to prove, a lot to prove, but 2011, be hard pressed to find a bigger, more respected video game publisher, developer out there than Bethesda, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, and then number 27, this is one of my favorites. Nick hasn't played this game, however, <laughs> I think it des it's deservingly a little bit higher because it is, if you've played Astro Bot, Astro's Playroom, you've kind of played this game. But this is Astro Bot Rescue Mission VR, specifically for the PlayStation VR, uh, developed by Team Asobi, which is now a uh, first-party team. Basically, they kind of absorbed Japan Studios, so um, hopefully they're working on another one of these. But this game uh, is... Um, you know, I was smiling ear to ear while I was playing this game because what this game was able to do that I still to this day haven't experienced the same way is just the ability to use VR as a platform in truly interesting ways that that shift and change the game in ways that you simply cannot do on a flat screen, right? Like you're, you're going through this level and you're kind of this floating head looking down at Astrobot and while you kind of control him around, but every once in a while, because the camera, you're, you're the camera, right? So you are, have no control over where your head is placed, but you can kind of fluctuate with it a little bit, right? You can duck and dive and, and look, and duck, dive, dip, dive, dodge, dive, dive, whatever that is. Look down and like, oh shit, there's a little hidden area right there that I can, if I if I stay ducked down for a little bit, I can get him in there and I can get a little secret <laughs> hidden. And sorry if my voice was weird there because I was literally ducking while I was talking. But it's just pure platforming joy pleasure probably my favorite platformer of all time because it's so effective in the vr space so i'm truly truly excited to see um you know what the next thing is from team asobi whether it's whether it's flat screen or vr because astro's playroom was magnificent in its own right but um you know i i selfishly hope they do not forsake the vr space for it because i think it was one of the best uses of the platform um that I've played to this to this day for sure. Yeah, what are the odds that the sequel is announced in the next few weeks? Pretty high, I think. <laughs> I mean, if if Sony truly does 
want to support the VR two. That that's like you know Half Life Alex is the big game, but that's still a, I don't know maybe, but yeah, like Asobi has to be no they have to be working on an Astrobot yeah. two because between that one Beat Saber. And honestly, those those were the two undisputed two best games on VR for me. Um, so they'd be stupid not to. And yeah. yeah, and like we said, kind of I think on a previous show, you know, Sony has a um, hybrid game initiative. So I don't know if they're you know smart enough over there to figure out a way to make it work for both. But that would be ideal if they can. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. All right. So moving on to twenty six. And again, while everyone is excited for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. We're going to go back to E.G. Anuma's earlier game, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. The very controversial uh, (laughs) game that came out on GameCube all the way back in 2003. Uh, You know, this was known for this cel-shaded art style, which I remember there were a lot of people upset because they revealed the the water pack Mario, the cel-shaded Link, and then first-person Metroid. What are you <laughs> doing <laughs> to my franchises? And, and history knows that all those games are very, very good. When will people stop doubting Nintendo? <laughs> when yeah, will exactly. they? And same thing with Wind Waker. Again, it's very similar to the themes that we said with Skyrim and all these other games. Is like The second you got the boat in that game, the world was wherever you wanted to go. And what happened out there could be anything you know you could run into a ghost pirate ship you could run into a giant whirlpool that takes you somewhere else any island you saw you went there and there was a puzzle there and you found all kinds of cool things and then you found out that all of Hyrule is below it that the whole world flooded to leading to some great moments including one of my favorite boss battles of all time with Ganon at the end uh just 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 a great game and again Nintendo does what Nintendo does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wind Waker is probably, with the exception of Breath of the Wild, the most I've felt like um, like I was on an adventure with Link. You're just, mm-hmm. yeah, you're truly, you know, that's what the Great Sea is like, yeah. is what it's called. And, you know, it's it's a little intimidating at first, but once you kind of start to, you know, get to a couple islands and realize that, like, okay, this isn't as... It's not as hard to navigate or hard to get around as, as I thought it was, especially because one of the weird mechanics that I, I admittedly didn't like was that you had to play your flute to change <laughs> the wind direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And eventually you get something that that doesn't that doesn't matter at all because you will travel much faster if the wind's at your back. And I'm like, I just want to get there. Um, so I was that was nice once that went away. But yeah, I. Um, you know, anybody who says that immediately writes off a game because of the art style or immediately writes off a game because it's not what they envisioned or wanted, you're a silly person. And you should, you know, really rethink how you try and view things because, you know, I never would have played Neon White. I never would have played Wind Waker. I never would have played a lot of games if I just wrote them off. And, and Wind Waker is one of the better Zeldas out there for, you know, at yeah. least at least for us. <laughs> All right, Nick, you want to take the next one as well? It's more of a you baby. Yes. Uh, number 25 is Mass Effect 2, the one and only game that could compete with Elder Scrolls Skyrim as considered one of the best Western RPGs. In this game, you take command of Commander Shepard from the previous Mass Effect, 
but this game did everything in the previous game and took it to 11. Like, there was a lot of sequels that would do this, Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed 2, you know, Uncharted to Uncharted 2. Like, there were a lot of two sequels in this that, that, <laughs> that, would, that would just take the great initial premise that it kind of reviewed kind of poorly to mediocre and then just blew it out of the water. And that was this game. You know, talk about some of the most memorable characters around Garrus, uh, Morden, Jack, Miranda. Like, there are just so many memorable characters. And an all-star cast, including Kyrian Moss. Uh, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. I see, I knew you'd get that one. The Elusive Man. I got you. Uh, and, and just an, a space-faring RPG that's like a Star Trek's wet dream, you know? Just traveling <laughs> the galaxy and and re- recruiting an all-star crew to take on and to go on the the infamous suicide mission where you could lose so many of your party members if you didn't make the right choices earlier in the game or pick the right people to do certain jobs on it. it stresses me out. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, it was incredible. It, I mean, this is the game that started with your shepherd dying. Like your yeah. main character dies right off the bla- right off the bat. So You'd say it's one of the best openings in games, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. I, we talked about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, we talked about the best opening in games on this show, John. Yeah, I know. You I smoke the... too much. What can I say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's why it's here. This will always be a very memorable franchise overall as you spend multiple games with these characters. But it was really Mass Effect 2 that kind of just put it, put its stamp on the ground as one of the greatest Western RPGs of all time. So. All right. Nick on the spot. Where's this game ranking if, if I'm not involved in this list? How high, how high does Mass Effect climb in your personal? As I said before, I'm not as high on games way after the fact. I'm more on high on games that I've played recently. But That's at the time, I, at the time, it, I, it was definitely up there. It would have been considered one of my top ten franchises of all time. Yeah. So, and it probably still would be if I really sat down and thought about it. I mean, I have all the achievements in Mass Effect 2 and 3. Yeah, I'd be curious for you to re, like, replay the, the uh, remastered trilogy. Yeah. Like, I know that that's such a commitment in this day and age, but <laughs> be yeah. interested to, like, you know, to see how you feel about a series that you loved so much 10 years later. Because right. there's not many examples of being able to do that. Right. So, yeah, I mean, especially I, with more modern games. The only thing I think I wouldn't like is I knew, like, the, the way they set up the, the dialogue choices, mm-hmm. you knew what the morality choices were. And I, going, you know, playing games like The Witcher and whatnot, is like, I don't want to know. Like, I want to make the choice based on the situation, not because I know what they said as the the good shepherd and then the, the bad slash, you know, this is where the P- this shepherd. is where the PC crowd comes and says, "Well, you can have a mod on PC to change the dialogue <laughs> options." Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, a great game and just great writing and a bunch of interesting species and planets and yeah, it was it. It still to this day is a great game. Nice, nice. Man, we're getting into it now, Nick. I'm looking at this <laughs> list going forward. And yeah, it's it's a lot. But you know, speaking of. Uh, twos, you know, you just mentioned this one. You know, it seems like we're referring to a lot of future picks today for some reason. Um, you know, one of the most important games of for PlayStation ever, and I, I would probably, if we were to make an argument for it, I would say the most important. Um, and this is Uncharted Two from Naughty Dog. This 
is the game that I think set Sony on their course for trying to make these narrative movie quality uh, adventures with strong leads. Um, and I don't think they've looked back and I think that was the right decision to make. But this is a game that took everything from the first one and learned from it. You know, the set pieces that you would, you would find in this game um, were just, you know, Indiana Jones-esque draw-dropping type spectacles. And, you know, that was one of my main complaints with the first Uncharted game. It's, it's a good game, but you spend the whole time on the jungle and it gets a little samey towards the end of it, but you're going into the Himalayas in this one. You know, you're getting all your weird supernatural shit. Um, some of the most iconic um, settings in PlayStation history, you know, I think of the opening of that game and Drake just dangling off the edge of a train <laughs> and you're immediately into it. You know, you're immediately ready to go on this adventure and, and want to know um, what the fuck's going on with Drake. And he's such an enjoyable, you know, a main character to be with. The, the supporting cast is so good. Sully, Elena, everybody that, that you kind of spend your time with. And um, it's just unfortunate it has a shitty final boss. That's, that's yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, and one of the most memorable encounters in the uh, train fight, the you know the train that you're on. With the helicopter? Yeah, with the helicopter, mm -hmm. and just how, from a, even from just a technical standpoint, how that, that existed. I think that was know. one where like, you're in the building, and the building starts to yeah. fall, and you're falling through <laughs> it. It's like, I'm, I'm talking about now, I'm making it, like, God, I should play those again. Those are, especially a four. I haven't gone back and played four again. But Yeah, and as you said, you can see its influence it, through all of Sony's DNA going forward, Spider-Man, God of War, like they all just kind of have that kind of DNA in them, like the, the from the close camera to, to the God of War with the close camera right behind his back, to the, the sense of humor, mm -hmm. to the climbing, like Uncharted climbing is in everything. It's in mm -hmm. Horizon, and it's in God of War, you know, it's everywhere, yep. you know, so... Yep. There was definitely some kind of directive from Sony after the, that game came out to be like, and we, we need to, more games like this. We need to have a companion that there's with them for a while, <laughs> yeah. and they're probably going to get separated, but they're going to get back together. And yeah, yeah, so um, Naughty Dog definitely solidified themselves as Sony's crown jewel with that franchise, and um, yeah, and hopefully we get Uncharted 5 soon. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. All right, so on to 23, we are going to be doing Dead Space. Specifically, the remake of Dead Space that came out earlier this year. Obviously, both games are very good, but if we're going to tell you to play either one, obviously the the remake that kind of refines it, removes all the dead, the bad gameplay and stuff. That's a like Shadow that. of the Colossus situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we did a bonus episode on Dead Space. We've talked about it on this show. I don't think much is much more needs to be said other than John and I both agree that this is. Uh, survival horror, survivor horror perfection. Mm -hmm. You know, we both enjoy it immensely. Yeah, horror is my my go to genre. That is, it's it's weirdly my comfort food. Like you know, I, I enjoy being tense and, and having just kind of scary situations. You know, whether it's movies or games. And so, um, yeah, I would say this this ranks up with my favorite survival horror games of all time. This and RE4. You know, I'm making my way through RE4 remake too. So. I wasn't really confident to put that on the list yet since I haven't really beaten it, but um, this one was, was great. And, you know, Motive, I think, did a fantastic job adapting it. I was kind of a little nervous with that team. Not that they're bad, but it's a special game. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, how are they going to be able to bring it forward? But they did it, um, you know, took all the bad parts out of the game, like Nick said, and, and made it more fun, more gorgeous. Um, you know, I just... You know, a little bit towards the end of there, I, I kind of think it gets a little action heavy, but um, but it's fine because the whole whole game is so amazing. Ishimura is not quite a Resident Evil Mansion level setting, but it's it's 
really, really good. And if you haven't played Dead Space and you can handle scares, definitely play Dead Space. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, I'll just do number 22. Mm-hmm. Easy. Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> we just did a bonus episode on it. You can hear our thoughts there after we've talked about it on our main show. Great, great JRPG. Mass Effect characters or Persona characters? <laughs> oh boy, that's that, the characters are. <laughs> the recency bias is hard. The reason I put Persona Five Royal is because I think it's a better story that's more applicable to today and to yourself and makes you a better person. As opposed to Mass Effect is just a great story, but I, you don't connect as much because yeah. it's you know fake characters, fake planets, fake conundrums. Um, oh, those, those damn fake conundrums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Deciding yeah. the whole fate of an entire race. You know, whatever. I'll never do that in real life. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, that would be very hard. Garrus is easily my bro right. in, that, in that, that whole uh, trilogy. And... Uh, but uh, I, I really do yeah. like Ryuji too. So and Lady On. Yeah. You know. Yeah. On versus Lady Liara. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, nice. no. Fantastic game. We've, we've, we've talked about yep. it. Listen to our bonus episode. Yeah. All right. And then lastly here, uh, I don't know what, what to say about this one other than it's I wish I never played it. Uh, it takes over my life. It. it <laughs> you know lessens the amount of games i play otherwise but i fucking love it and i can't get enough of it and that's rocket league from psionics came out in 2015 uh off the jump on ps plus which i think was really good call with that game and immediately got a huge huge install base and you know obviously being a solid game as it is people were immediately hooked to it but uh to this day man i still play this game it's by far i i would be shocked if it's not my number one game on my list at the end of the year of time played. I think I'm sitting around 340 hours uh, just on my PS5, and that's not counting what I did with my Switch and stuff before um, before I figured out crossplay with my friend. But <laughs> it's just you know, it's, it's there's no story. It's just pure multiplayer fun. But it is incredible. It's the best example of a high skill ceiling and a high skill floor. But just it rewards you if you put in the time for it. And some of the shots that you can pull off and you know comebacks you can make it's it's a sports game at at its core but um just video gameized to 10 and who doesn't want to you know boost a car around and hit a big giant ball and do that <laughs> so yeah 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 rocket league will for i i worry that i'm going to play this game for my entire life i, I <laughs> hope that doesn't happen but we'll see yeah yeah i'm with you I, I i appreciate the game for how good it is it's perfect for what it does I just don't want to play it anymore. I'm, uh, I'm over it. But, but I'll keep playing it. God, <laughs> God damn it, Brian. My best yeah. friend in the world lives out in Colorado. I don't get to keep in touch with him as much as I'd like to, and this is a great way for us to at least kind of connect in some way. So, you know, unless you know, if I decide that I don't want to be friends with him anymore, maybe I'll, I'll be able to get rid of it. But uh, I do love the game as much as I hate the game, and it's deserving of its spot. Yes. All right. So, again, this is our top 50 favorite games. Number 30, Shadow of the Colossus. Number 29, Neon White. Number 28, The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Number 27, Astrobot Rescue Mission. Number 26, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Number 25 is Mass Effect 2. 24 is Uncharted 2. 23 is Dead Space 2023. 22 is Persona 5 Royal, and 21 is Rocket League. Man, we got good taste, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Very good taste. <laughs> On a side note, uh, GQ released uh, a list of their top 100 games, and we were very happy to see a lot of our games 
in that list as well. So basically, Nick and I should have tried harder in our like early twenties to break into this industry and, <laughs> and actually be be a be a somebody. Yeah, but, true. We're, you know. we're, we'll get there. Yep. 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 <laughs> All right. So stay tuned next week for games twenty through eleven. Wow, we're really getting in it, into it. So yeah, dude. I'm just like I'm looking at the, <laughs> the games we got to talk about next week. It's like, oh my god, how, how is this not going to be the longest episode? <laughs> Yes. All right. So moving on again in the build up to this rumored Sony showcase that we want so badly. (laughs) I wanted to go back and look at Sony's last showcase, which occurred all the way back on September 9th of 2021. And just kind of talk about the big announcements there uh, just very briefly and how we felt at the time and how we feel about them now. Uh, if they if they are still on their way here, so um, how do you know, John, when they announced this showcase? When they announced the showcase for September 9th? Yeah, how far in advance they announced the showcase? That week. Uh, it was exactly one week away. One week. So, so on September 2nd, they announced that they were going to be doing a showcase the, okay. the next week. So if there is a Sony showcase. And we think it is coming. The, the rumor from everybody is the week of what, or the 24th or 5th? Yeah. 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 yeah that we would find out next week. Oh, God. I hope so. <laughs> oh, I hope so. So if, if everything goes in the same, but again, these, they're probably not even related. They'll announce it when they want to announce it. But do you remember in the Sony showcase of 2021, what was the first game shown? No idea. It was the Knights of the Old Republic remake. Ah, that one. <laughs> First How's that announced. going? How's that not, going? Not going well. <laughs> As we talked about last week, uh, Aspire is uh, in development trouble on that one. So uh, the next one was Project Eve. Do you remember what game this turned into? Um, Stellar Blade? Yes, it nice. is Stellar Blade, which I believe is slated for later this year. Who's making that one? Again, and remember, it's that Korean developer that has a bunch of unknown games before it. Oh, shift <laughs> up. Yep, you've li- you've listed their works before. And, okay. Uh, oh yeah, it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, that, maybe they just need that Sony money. And then we got a bunch of games that did end up coming out, including Tiny T- Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Forspoken, Rainbow Six Extraction, and Alan Wake Remastered. Mm. Yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, they did show Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy at the time because it was coming out a month later. Great game. <laughs> Everybody's like, this game's going to suck. It looks so bad. <laughs> and it was really, really good. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you remember Blood Hunt? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Is, uh, it, is, it, is it Vampire and Masquerade Blood Hunt? It is, yeah. Okay. All right. I, yeah, a little bit. It is the Battle Royale Vampire game. I'm sure that one is limping a lot. <laughs> well, you... It's always funny, Nick, because we listen to podcasts and are so into this industry. It's like, you can just tell. It's like, oh, I haven't heard about it. Must suck. Nobody's talking. So, yeah, if it came out September 7th, 2021, and I haven't heard anybody say anything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is also the first time we saw Chia. Nice. That just recently came out. If you're a PlayStation Plus extra subscriber, you can play this game for free. Nice. Uh, game let me down. It's my lowest reviewed game. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Um, and then we got the announcement that 
again, the first kind of big announcement is about their PC initiative, and this is where Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy are going to PC, and uh, and then the and the as part of the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection, and then as we know, you know, Sony has a big PC initiative after that. You mm-hmm. know, Horizon Zero Dawn, Last of Us Part One. Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales. So this was kind of the first the first bombs to be dropped on the PC side as Sony looks to get their all their titles on PC. It's, it's honestly one of the smartest things they've done in a long time is, yeah. is making that initiative. Just why not? All right. And then we get to the biggest announcement, the, the, the bombshell. Uh, the, one of those moments where John and I, who are on some kind of curse where we'll never be in the same room when a big announcement happens. And same here, John and I were not able to watch the showcase together, and this is where Insomniac said they're working on a Wolverine game. This is kind of the biggest surprise of the whole showcase. Those mad lads, they did it. <laughs> uh, starting, you know, with a Marvel logo right off the bat and people just not knowing what it is because at this point, Spider-Man 2 had not been officially announced. But we all were expecting it. Yeah, yeah, so we were all expecting it. Really and, weird. And so to know that Insomniac is indeed working on another Marvel property and it is Wolverine of all characters is so exciting. I... Don't have high hopes that it'll show up at the showcase, but we might get something. Might get you, something. You might get a date, you know, like kind of similar to that first Ragnarok thing we got where it just like kind of showed the symbol and then yeah. said Ragnarok's coming. But, you know, um, I yeah. just, I would be weird to pull eyes away from Spider-Man. That's all. Yeah. And I think as we've seen with game development right now is like, don't announce your date until you're right. super sure. I mean, and Spider-Man, we don't know a date yet. So I doubt this will be there. Yeah. Uh, next, we got a look at Gran Turismo 7. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we did get the official confirmation of Spider-Man 2. Uh, they had uh, Craven talking around the back. Craven talking in the background as we see Miles and Spider-Man uh, beating up on some people. And then at the end, we get the tease of Venom. This is the only footage we've ever seen in this game. Unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> and what was that rumored date? It's supposed to be out in... September 25th or something like yeah. that. <laughs> I think, yeah. I, this this was one of the most shocking like moments of any show. Not from the fact that I was shocked that Spider-Man was there, but like I just... The moment that Wolverine was shown, I was like, well, there's... Zero percent chance we'll see anything from about Spider-Man Two, and then Insomniac's like, "Now we're gonna put the entire company on our backs. We just released Miles Morales, that was great. We, you know, recently did the first Spider-Man, but why not? Let's just put out, you know, let's just announce two in this span of ten minutes." Rift Apart just came out. Rift, a- Rift Apart just came out. It's just like I don't. They have Black Magic over there because, like, they're also a team that's like, "Yeah, we're we're putting out a performance mode with ray tracing." It's like what? Yeah. Nobody else can touch that. Well, what? How? What are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're just gonna do it over here. Don't worry about it. Like, it'll come yeah. out. It's gonna be great. Yeah. You're gonna love it. So, uh, Insomniac purchased for about two hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, the steal of the century, and uh, yeah, that was a wild moment, man. Yeah, and then the the big announcement at the end or was the showcase of God of War Ragnarok. It was a great, great trailer. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, and as we know now, like the the game's come and gone, but you know this this trailer got your blood pumping. It was so good. It was very lengthy. He showed a lot of gameplay. He showed all the Kratos beating up on some uh, 
of the various creatures in the game and got the tease of Tear. Got to see Brock and Sindri again. Just, you know. Yeah. That's the power of a PlayStation Showcase, man. And, like, <laughs> we might get one in two weeks, and I, I think we will. But, you know, it's um, it's time. There's so much to talk about. There's so many games to show. There's <laughs> hardware to show. I mean, rumor is that the Q-Lite is going to be at this thing, despite what I thought last week and, and um, the new console and, and stuff. So, you know, TV shows and movies and games and hardware, it's like, Fuck, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but Mortal Kombat 12 is ratcheting up its campaign. A lot of people think that, of course, with Sony's involvement with Evo, they bought it, they own Evo, and Mortal Kombat being a big part of Evo, that it would make sense to have Mortal Kombat 12 be announced at the Sony Showcase. So, you know brings more credence to them teasing on Twitter, showing off little videos, Ed Boon's going crazy. So, uh, God. Yeah, because they said what? They said, um, so just basically like the, yeah, Mortal Kombat 12's official reveal is almost here. Well, okay. It's going to be out of one of a couple things, (laughs) unless if it's a standalone thing, so. um, Yeah, and it seems, and of course it could be at the Microsoft event, but it just seems too convenient that it's teasing it and now I mean the Microsoft event is a month away so it's a little early to be like starting to get drumming up excitement unless there is an event coming and like you said it'd be weird to be at Microsoft when Sony has Evo so yeah yeah so all right (sighs) don't worry Nick I just need I just want I just this month is going to end amazingly all right we're gonna get a showcase we're gonna get season three of I think you should leave life is going to turn around shortly all right all right, okay, I'll, okay, I'll take but a deep breath. Until life turns around, mm-hmm. uh, I got a new game that I want to talk about. Just a little right. quick preview. You know, I, I'm, still, I'm still playing Resident Evil 4. I'm still, you know, doing that thing, but you know me. Um, when, when something enters my brain and I have the opportunity to get it, I have to. And um, there's one, one big indie game from last year that I feel like I was still just like, I haven't got my hands on this. It got great reviews. It reminds me of something I would really like. It almost seems like the light to the dark of Death's Door. It was kind of like if Death's Door was the darkness, this would be the light. And that game is Tunic. Uh, which came out last year to a score of 85. And so uh, I saw, you know, I just searched it on on the store real quick because I was like, let me just see how much this game costs. And I saw it was on sale. I was like, all right, how much is it? It's like, ooh, 20 bucks, not bad, okay. And then I was like, well, let me check my PlayStation Stars, right? And what I used the thing for, I could get another five bucks off. So I was like, all right, 15 bucks for Tunic. Like, you know, I, I can check that out. And so uh, this was made by Andrew Shouldice. This is one of those rare single developer games, which I didn't know. Uh, and I always, always love that stuff. <laughs> Not only because it's a testament to some what a single person can do, but also because it means that the vision of the game is coming from one head. And if that person is of quality, you know you're going to, uh, of course, get a quality product. And that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, I'm probably only about, you know, 30 minutes to an hour in. So obviously, just this is an impression type take. But um, it's it's basically a Zelda lookalike that plays like Dark Souls, which like, yeah, that's, that's I'm all about that. Um, you know, it's very, very pretty. That's one of the things that you're going to notice right off the bat is the soft colors with kind of some sharp edges, but a lot of rounded corners, too. It has a very, very unique look to it. Um, 
But the main thing that this game does differently is is something that I think is super cool and I haven't quite landed on if I'm going to love it or not yet though is the information that this game gives is beyond limited. <laughs> it's it's you start the game and you're you just immediately go you're on the like the shores of a beach and you start moving and you're like okay what's this thing I can hit X and interact and then you just see nonsense. It's just like okay there's no words <laughs> but it still lets you hit okay or no and you're like I guess I'll hit okay. Boom you got a key. It's like, what is this? No words describe what the key does. Okay, I'm gonna wander over here, you see a door and eventually you can open that, but eventually you're going to start coming across pages of a manual. And this is where the game kind of does something unique and and cool um, that I, I think is gonna pay off, but again, I don't know yet, where you start to piece together how to play the game, for lack of a better word, where you're getting this page that looks like something out of like a Super Nintendo or a PlayStation 1 game manual that you'd see back in the day where it's going to have like some pictures and like maybe a button prompt and like what it does. I'm like, okay, is this actually going to give me any information though or is this more just like a a thing that's pretty to look at? But what I found that's kind of cool is that it does really, really matter. So like you start the game, like I think we all do, you start pressing all the buttons. What do all the buttons do? They don't really do anything. So you're like, okay, I got a roll, I got an attack. I'm sure I'll get more abilities. And then I got the first page of the manual, and then I saw there was a little picture on the manual that said, it had the gobbledygook, but then it had next to it like a picture of the X button, but pressed down a lot. And so I'm like, okay. So I hit X, and I didn't just, and I held it down, and then I start running. I'm like, oh, that's the run button. Because I kept, I kept looking, I was like, I'm moving too slow. I don't know what I'm, like, I want to move faster. And you're like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then I, I got the page, and I was like, oh, hold X, or you do the roll animation, then you immediately start running out of that. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, it, it's, it's giving me the information I need. And if there's more of that throughout the game, if there's more, like, hey, you have the things that you need, you just don't know what they are yet, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of super cool. Um, and like I said, man, it's not just like, it's everything. You go up, to the, I, I entered a room with like nine pillars and every pillar you could interact with and every single pillar gave you a <laughs> Like, okay. But I've heard, you know, I looked into the game a little more and I've heard from the people that like, you know, that, that played it, it has an 85, so it's obviously received well, that like, it does a very good job of keeping you kind of on that edge of like, I'm unsure, I'm unsure, oh. I'm unsure, I'm not, oh, I got a next page or whatever. Or, um, you know, hey, there's this puzzle that I'm really banging my head against the wall. And if you go open a page, there's going to be hints all around. Like the, if you kind of <laughs> really take the time to dissect, you're going to, you're going to get the information that you need. So, um, you know, it's 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 a little early. Like I said, I'm, I'm only an hour into it. So like, you know, some of the combat might get repetitive. Um, I'm not sure, but I have also read that the boss fights are incredible. It does the same thing that Souls Souls fights do, where this game is is shockingly hard. Where every time you get through a boss fight, you feel like you earned it, and it feels good. Um, so I'm excited to kind of see how this deceptively cutesy, you know, pleasant looking game turns into this, you know, nail biting Souls like. Um, but you know, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm obviously in for for something like that. And uh, you know, the music's great too. It's very chill. You know, it's very. Um, whimsical and kind of you know fits the vibe of the game very well so like I was kind of saying when you get one person that does everything it it usually results in a cohesive product that has a singular vision that that everything ties in together really well and when you're doing something like this manual mechanic where you really probably have to you know I imagine this guy's bedroom wall is just pages and pages and pages (laughs) and pages on a wall to make sure that he has everything in order but um pretty cool so far so you know I uh I I uh, probably will get through Focusing on it a little more once I, I want to get Resident Evil done and then 
you know, jump back into Elden Ring. But this is always my, this is like my, I can, I can balance a big game and a small game pretty well. And that'll be my small game when I'm not feeling like I want to fight, um, you know, Ramon Salazar or something like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, pretty cool. Do you have any, any interest? I know you're not, you didn't vibe with Death Door very much. So yeah, it's kind of, it's pretty similar in, at least in the feel and the look. Yeah. And I, I'm always curious about this idea that the, like you said, the gobbledygook, the, mm-hmm. the confusing, like, and I know eventually you'll, you'll have the whole manual translated and all that. But uh, it's interesting. Like, I don't know if I'd find that extremely irritating. Or I'd be like, oh, this yeah. is fun. I don't know yet either. Because <laughs> apparently this game's pretty puzzle heavy, and puzzles yeah. scare me. Yeah. And if I'm, if it's this weird loop of like, okay, I'm running into a wall in this area, I can't progress. Does that mean that I shouldn't be here, or am I just missing something? And then you go into a boss fight. Like, I got into a boss fight, and I got my shit kicked in. And then I looked it up a little bit. I was like, oh, I missed this part of the manual, so I'm going to constantly be bouncing around this, like, am I just in the wrong area, or am I not paying attention to what I need to do? And so, like, I imagine I'm probably going to be going into walkthroughs and things a a decent amount with this one. Um, But it's got a 1 out of 10 platinum difficulty rating. (laughs) But that's, that's, that's if you activate... It has, like, a god mode, where you can basically turn on this slider that makes no enemy damage, oh. and it, it doesn't disable any trophies. I'm not gonna do that. It's like a <laughs> six out of 10 otherwise, um, but I did see like, you know, there's that option, so. You know, no, that's, I, nice that, at least. that's fine. Like I, yeah. I'm always for, as we see with a lot of these games, accessibility options like that, that I, sure. I really appreciate that. Uh, but, uh, okay, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I could see this game easily being in the future a, an extra game, you know. And, yeah, for sure. Like, I, and I'm, I was kind of worried. Sure. I was kind of worried that I bought it right before we got the announcements. <laughs> where I was like, oh, please don't, because you see those those comments all the time. But like, I sacrificed myself so you guys could get this for free. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, man, you're just one of you're just one of the unlucky ones. But yeah, uh, so I, I, yeah, I would I would say if you're a fan of of indie titles and top down isometric combat, check it out. I'll also obviously, you know, give you guys more impressions when I get further in the game, but um, you know, it's 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 cool. I like okay. it. All right, let's move on to the final topic. All right, uh, as I just mentioned, we are doing a lot of foreshadowing, as <laughs> I, as I also mentioned. Uh, we got our PlayStation Extra games for the month of May. This is the middle tier. This is the uh, $100 a year, I do believe, where you're gonna get that extra catalog, extra library, uh, beyond just your standard three or four a month. So, and- Yeah, both, it's premium games. Sorry, I meant essential. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, so as we as we kind of shifted last month, you know, Nick and I decided, as opposed to just reading out every list, which every listener of this podcast probably knows the list anyway, you know, we were going to pick out some some um, selections, right? Some some games that we want to put a little bit of shine on, point you guys towards, and so we'll do that right now. Biggest game of the month by far. Uh, anytime you get a first-party Sony game, it's gonna it's gonna get the big spot. Uh, but this is a good one. This is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart from Insomniac Games. Came out in 2021. Is this Which number one? one most wanted game? Yes, 2021. Okay. Number one most wanted game to, to come to the service that's not already on there? Of reasonable, like, uh, no. oh, I want yeah, Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah, within reason. Within mm-hmm. reason? Yeah, I mean, uh, Returnal's already there, right? You know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of, like, the early PS5 released games. Demon Souls is on there, isn't it? Or no? I think it. I think it is. I think it is because I own. I own it, so I I never really paid attention to it. But I think it is. Um, And probably The Last of Us Part Two is probably. I would say probably number one above that. 
because Ghost of Tsushima's on there. Yeah. Spider-Man's. Yeah. Uh, so I would think that yeah, that's that probably is, but it's up there. It's this is the big one. Yeah, that it's I can think of the big one. Yeah. <laughs> From a little Toy Story reference for you. Um, no, but this is a you know it, it, it's it's a game that. I would be shocked if anybody played it and they go, I don't like this. It's like, <laughs> what don't you like? like? You know, it's too cartoony. Shut up. You know, oh, the, the gameplay is not fun. Shut up. Like, it's just one of those games that, you know, it, it, it uses the PS5 hardware very well. It does a lot of the quick loading things. This was, I think, the first PS5-only exclusive. No, Returnal came out before. Returnal this. came out before. Okay. Um, and then with the exception of Demon's Souls, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, they really utilized the hardware in an effective way. You know, the reason it didn't come to PS4 is because it just couldn't handle the amount of, that you're going through all these worlds at, at high speed. But still to this date, one of the prettiest games that's on the platform. Um, it's a video-ass video game. You're, you're using wacky guns. You're, you're leveling up guns into different cool things. And, um, you know, if you've played a Ratchet & Clank game, you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would be uh, shocked... Like I said, if you don't, if you like video games and you play this and you go, I don't like this. So mm-hmm. give it a shot if you haven't. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. And I will recommend the Tomb Raider trilogy. This comes from Crystal Dynamics. This is kind of the reboot of the franchise, including a lot of sites will consider one of the greatest games of all time. That is the second game in the trilogy, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. But I will say the first two are really, really good. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, not so much, but I'm assuming if you're probably in it for the first two, you'll probably see it through. But uh, That was a different team, right? The third one? Yes, yeah. I forget which one it was, but the first two are Crystal Dynamics before they went into Eidos Avengers. did the third one, maybe? Eidos <laughs> Montreal? Um, but it, yeah, a great, great franchise, great reboot. I know it's not, it's not Nathan Drake's adventure, but it's still pretty damn good, and I really enjoyed, like I said, those first two games in that trilogy were just just excellent. I I thought it was a great way to bring the character back and yeah. hope to see more Tomb Raider. I'm mad that I feel like I've waited too long at this point. I played the first one, but I haven't played the second two, and it's just like I don't I don't think I can make time anymore. No, I don't no. know. No, but It'd like be very hard. For- as we've said with our, both of us, PlayStation Plus Extra is not for us. It's crazy. <laughs> we're, we're too busy already with the with the newer games, and then you know we for some reason we just go back to specific games and not these Fucking ones that Rocket are in this League. list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, if you're if you're really clamoring for an Uncharted, this this will definitely take that place. It's very good. So. Yeah. Um, other than that, I I mean it's. It's not really a month for me. I do want to shout out, though. You know, anytime we get one of these day one releases mm-hmm. uh, into the service, it's 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 important to, to shout out. So, humanity is coming um, day one, which is a puzzler from the guys who brought us Tetris Effect and Res Infinite, two very very high quality titles. So, I honestly expect. I'm telling you, Nick. I, I think this game is going to review at like an 88 or 89, and we're all going to be pissed off about <laughs> it. I'm, I'm telling you. And, you know, but I, I played it, and that's that. I the know, difference. but it's not for us. It's a puzzle game. <laughs> it's not for kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. If you guys are ever confused that we just say stupid things and then start laughing, just know it's probably an I think you should leave reference. Um, I don't know, because I, th- I got the same kind of vibe when I played Red- Res Infinite. I was like, I don't yeah. really know what this is, but like... That's a good point. You know, that people loved it, and so I think it's going to do very well, um, and if you're into puzzlers, check it out. It's got a PSVR and a standard version to it. Um, 
So, you know, if, if whenever I resubscribe to Extra, I, I want to give it another shot because it might just be one of those cases of like, I, I don't, <coughs> excuse me, I don't want to use enough brain power to understand the mechanics, but maybe once mm -hmm. you do, it's not so bad. I don't know. Sure. But, yep, other than that, check out the list yourselves, fools. Yeah. Oh, and stay away from Watch Dogs Legion. I mean, it's not, that <laughs> oh, game is not good. That's probably a good point, too. Like, if we have recommendations, <laughs> we should also have, like, yeah, stay away yeah. from this. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we've played it. I don't want to yeah. say stay away from a game I haven't played before. No, but be I have played Watch Dogs Legion. It is probably the worst game in the franchise. I'm sorry. The mechanic of Recruit Anyone just made for a boring, boring game. Yeah. So just yeah. stay away. Stay play, spend your time playing something better. Yeah. So there's yeah, there's quite a few. All right, John. So we are actually at a year of PlayStation Plus Extra. This was the twelfth month oh, of wow. PlayStation Plus Extra content. So we don't have to go get too deep into it. But again, if you bought in from day one, you will be renewing the subscription next month. Like you will be spending you know the hundred dollars or whatever. Yes. Um, so, what what are your thoughts on the, on the service so far? And uh, I know we can compare it to Game Pass, but let's just say on its own, sure. in its vacuum, um, not essential, right? Like that's always been there. Yeah, not yeah. essential. Just ex just I, extra and premium. I think extra. If I I almost lament the fact that I'm not a brand new gamer. <laughs> like I think about my friend Brian. In Colorado, who I just convinced to get a PS5, and he, he only really wants to play like Call of Duty, Rocket League, maybe Grand Theft Auto. He's that kind of guy, and it's fine. Mm -hmm. But if I were him, oh my God, I would like this service. I would give it an A plus, dude. I honestly would. Like the quality and amount of games on there, it's simply staggering. Yeah. The amount of value, if you're paying, you know, you break it down. I don't know, what, eight eight sixty seven a month or something like that. If you pay the yearly cost, it's it's unreal. You don't need to buy a game unless if you just have to play it day one. Um, I think Sony's doing an incredible job bringing in a lot of franchises. You know, it seems like the way that they're working is like they just they approach a, a studio or whatever. Like this this month was uh, Arcane, funny enough, and um, you know the Tomb Raider trilogy. They're like, can we get all your games? And it seems like they just yeah, take them all. Here you go, throw yeah. them on there. Um, you know, it seems like they're doing a pretty good job balancing a, a wider range of genres. You know, I, I know a lot of times when these um, companies speak about services and, th and even like something like a showcase, it's like, we know that everything's not gonna be for everybody, but our goal is to get something for everybody. And I think they're doing that very well here. Um, so I'd give extra, you know, easily an A, A plus. Premium is a different thing. I would be pretty pissed off with the promises that they sold a premium and what, we're, what they're getting so far. Well, it's not. It, remember, it's not as big of an add-on. Like you pay forty dollars to get to extra. To get to premium, you're only spending twenty dollars, and you are getting more benefits in the game trials and and uh, stuff like that. So for sure, there are added benefits to premium that are not just the because yeah, like you said, I think the extra is where all the games are at. You'd be hard to argue to point out a game that's not there that you want on this side. Right. But on premium, I'm I'm sure a lot of it is the retro stuff. I think a lot of people want PS1, PS2, and probably a PS3. I'm, they want Metal Gear 4 on there. You yeah. know, like that's well, and, and that's kind of I guess my my problem with it is because you would like first off, anytime you are the top tier, best paying, most loyal customer for a service, you would think that you would want to make it feel like you are getting. 
I don't know, you're not getting one over on everybody else, but you're like, I'm here for a reason, I'm paying for this for a reason. And I think most of that reason, like you just said, is the back catalog of classic PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 games. And just looking at this month, we have Siphon Filter Logan's Shadow for PS4 and PS5, Blade Dancer Lineage of Light, I've never heard of that for PS4 and PS5, Pursuit Force, never heard of that, for PS4 and PS5, and Ghostbusters, the video game remastered for PS4. And it's just, for me, if I was interested in this, I'd be like, you guys own so many PS1 and PS2 <laughs> games. Like, just get them on the platform, you know? And I know they have for some, but it just seems like they're rolling out pretty slowly, and that's not to mention even any PSP things. So, I don't know. I, I just, I think, you know, when I look at this list, right, and you're paying for extra, it's like you're getting, I don't know, a good 15 games, 10 of which are pretty fucking baller. And then <laughs> and then you get to premium, it's like, yeah, you're getting four games and three of which I've never heard of. And it's just like, eh feels bad like you would think they could have done a better job stretching them out to be like okay at least every month or two you're gonna get one of the big classic things that you know you you want to go down a nostalgia trip for but it's not to say it's not valueless i just think that if i were to be critical of the service that's the side to be critical of for sure yeah you wouldn't recommend people pay pay for the premium tier but i would yeah but I know you just say you didn't want to compare it to Game Pass, but it's also better than Game Pass. So <laughs> it is, that's for sure. Well, again, <laughs> as we've said before, if Game Pass's big deal is day and day games, doesn't and those day and day games suck, then it doesn't matter. It's it's just how it is, and or or not coming out at all. So if you're saying, oh, we have day and day first party games, it's been you know almost two years since your last one right. so meanwhile in the past three months you've gotten for forbidden west and risk of drift apart yeah so you know <laughs> yeah. you're getting the first party games you just gotta be a little patient but yeah yeah it's so. pretty dope dude i i like i said i wish i wish i was you know a single guy with some some time i'd be all over this a little bit more but you know it's just not for us but it's not to say it's not the most amazing value in gaming all right. so then two quick questions do we see a price increase for this going forward after year one? <laughs> no. No, okay. Two, will they touch on this in the showcase? Touch on the service? Yes. Yes. I think, I, th- I bet you I bet you will see another uh, day one release title. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think they're gonna start rolling that out a little bit more frequently. Um, and yeah, I think they're just going to want to prop it up. I mean, you know, there's so much money in subscriptions. Like, it's not, yeah. you know, not a dumb reason that Microsoft is pursuing that. So, yeah. you know, if they can keep keep all that going, um, you know, they definitely want to. So yeah, yeah. I think there because there was only three day and date games. It was it's Stray, Humanity, and Chia, right? Yeah. And that was that was it. So in twelve months. So yeah, there's not a lot there. So yeah, I think if they are going to bring it, it's going to be like well. This is going to be day and day. This yeah. Is more of those. Get I could easily see them be like, hey, and here we have a new indie game from one of our trusted partners. And guess what? It's day with it. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out in October. Day and day June they because up, so. they want to get me because I got to renew in June. So I got to decide what I'm doing. And as of right now, I probably will just stick with essential tiers. So. Yeah, which is oh. not even needed, really. <laughs> like, what do you even need that for? Oh, well, multiplayer. What do you play multi? I mean, Rocket League every once in a while, which yeah. you don't need it for. <laughs> oh, it's a, you it's don't? free to play. Oh, okay. Well, then, nice. <laughs> I know. That's what I was like. We'll, we'll see. Well, yeah, Last, last of Us uh, factions and whatnot. Yeah, we'll I mean, there's definitely going to be reasons to resubscribe. <laughs> we'll just like, 
Because I don't, I don't, I think I don't, I don't even think I'm a PS Plus member right now, man. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna play my Resident Evil and, and all that. That's good fine. Stuff. I, I, For like sure. I said, it doesn't. I mean, you could sign up any time. You know, it's not a big deal. But just trying to save you um, money. This is another gym membership well, thing. That, <laughs> Well, I do save money because it's usually around E3 time is when they do the sales on all this yeah, stuff. It's, that is I true. Usually, I, I don't I, think I've ever paid sixty dollars for Essential in quite a while. So that's true. I have I have been looking for deals. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a subscriber in any way, shape, or form right now. So okay, all right. So that'll be interesting if they touch upon that in the showcase. But yeah, good on Sony. You know they, you know Xbox raised the bar with Game Pass, and then Sony was like, "Here we go, we'll do the same thing." and yeah, I don't. Yeah, that, that that raising the price question is a good, it's a good question. It's, it's like if if Game Pass comes out and like they can't raise the price, right? That would be suicide at this point, right now, at least. Yeah. No, you need you need. And I don't think games. and I don't think Sony would raise their price before they did because they have such a leg up on every other aspect of the business <laughs> that like it wouldn't make sense to be like to to cut that off a little bit. So yeah, interesting. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. All right, that is six things. All right, what to tease for next week? Uh, I will get Resident Evil Four done. Ooh. I'm I'm sad that I didn't, but you know this is a we're recording on a Thursday, folks. Like I'm a little I'm a little thrown off today. You know, Nick's <laughs> a busy boy tomorrow, so I didn't. You know, I totally would have beaten it tonight, though, Nick. Um, <laughs> so I'm on, I think I'm on like chapter thirteen of that, so I should get that beaten, and then yeah, jump jump. Uh, Jump back into Elden Ring and Tunic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I did briefly check out Persona 5 Strikers. I learned that it takes place immediately after the events of the, <laughs> the main game, Persona 5. So uh, I briefly checked it out. We'll see. I don't know if I'm going to go all the way through it yet or not, but I at least touched it to see if it could grab me. So but. you could touch on. Yeah, so I could touch Lady On. So I love that you call her Lady On. Just like more goddess. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Lady On. Uh, and I did pick up Undertale, and I plan on definitely that being my next game. Nice. And then, you know, we'll we'll slightly tease that we're trying to work on some exciting stuff for the show as we reach our first year done. Yep. And we have the Sony Showcase coming, and but I'll leave it at that. I don't want to make any promises right now. So <laughs> PlayStation Plows branded underwear, folks. Get yeah. ready. <laughs> yes. Get ready. That's that's the best way to advertise your show is on an <laughs> undergarment that nobody sees because <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, except when they take their pants off and then everybody sees. Yeah. And then, and then, but then it's a kind of giant showstopper, you know? Sure. It's like it's like, oh, what is that about? And you're like, oh shit. You know, I gotta <laughs> explain this nerdy podcast when we're about to get intimate. Oh I'm, whoops. It'd be great. <laughs> What better way to get a lady ready? <laughs> All right. So, John, what song are we leaving them on? All right. Well, in celebration of the game that's going to single-handedly win the Fantasy League for me, Tears of the Kingdom coming out tomorrow with this 97. I figured we'd go into Zelda land. We got Gerudo Valley, which is from Ocarina of Time by Koji Kondo. Um, it's a track that I didn't know when I saw the title, but then I heard it. I was like, yep, I know exactly what that is. So, um you know, if uh, you're planning on going into Hyrule this weekend, you know, it'll get you a little bit ready for that. And uh, Have fun. It's, yeah. This is like, you know, gaming wonderland, you know, just like when Elden Ring hit, you know, this is your most anticipated game comes out and it's the fucking shit. You yeah. can't even like there. There will be so many people not seeing daylight for weeks and I love it. 
you know. And this one's especially cool because of the new mechanics and like they lots of the reviews have just kept saying how creative it is and they can't wait to see the world break get upon this game and break it open and figure out ways to fuck with yeah. it and use the physics to attend. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to even yeah just going perusing the Zelda subreddit and seeing all the weird wacky shit things people build and you know ways to cheese the game. Yeah, possible topic next week is game of the year already decided because. Mm, probably is. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think Final Fantasy 16 has a chance, a very small It's a one. topic next week, John. Okay, 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 <laughs> fine. So, yeah. Let, so let, many it take, let it take the world by storm. If you're, if you're listening to us and playing Tears of the Kingdom, we love you. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for listening. Again, if you have any questions or comments, or you just want to tell us about Zelda, we'll, we'll hear it. I'll, I'll happily yeah. hear what you think of it, because you know John's going to try and resist playing it, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like, yeah, just just say what up, man. Like, even if you're like, yeah, I live in random country, random state, random whatever. Like, I love that kind of shit. Like, I just, I love the idea knowing that there's people listening to us that are not within 10 miles of me. So, yeah. you know, if you're out there, please. Yes, and again, that email is playstationpalspod at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening, and we will be back next week with six more things. Bye, guys. Bye.